Non-binary listeners, ladies and gentlemen, heroes and heroines, crooks and crookians, Frankie Floyd. The audio performance you are about to enjoy discusses casinos and gambling. We do not recommend gambling with money you cannot afford to lose or that is needed to pay bills. If you have a gambling problem, contact your problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and provide it to you. Our host's past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including his own. All materials presented here are based on actual facts. Names and dates are changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. Some events unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Rambling Gambler. No use sitting and a singing the blues. Be my guest, you've got nothing to lose. Won't you let me take you on a sea cruise? Welcome to episode 125 of our Casino Combat Podcast. As always, recorded live from the glorious Casino Combat Studios. I'm not actually going to take you on a sea cruise, but we're going to spend a good bit of time today talking about a cruise that we just took and how this can be an amazing part of living a casino lifestyle. I am going to show you how, in fact, you can take a sea cruise using what we talk about here each and every episode of Casino Combat. Honestly, I am just beginning to understand and see how cruising fits with living a casino lifestyle. That it's a very interesting and useful tool to have in our toolbox, if you will. It's an interesting part of the arsenal or an interesting addition that the arsenal makes available as a result of our gambling in land-based casinos. And I'm going to lay all that out for you because I am just learning about it. I am just being educated. I've had some help in that education from a guest on the podcast that was on a while back, and I'm going to lay that all out today. So here's the battle plan for this episode. We're going to start with the travel segment. I will have results for you, but I am going to focus on how this cruise happened and how we are seeing cruise ships and their casinos fitting into our lives. I'm going to focus more on the travel piece than the results piece because it is so very interesting and such an interesting way to travel, a method of travel enabled by the fact that we can be good at the game of casino gambling. But as always, as I said, you will get results. You will hear about how the gambling itself went. After that, Mrs. TRG, the radiant goddess of casino combat, is going to give you her review of the pool complex on the Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas cruise ship. After that, because I don't want this to become all about me, us, and all about cruising. I want it to be about us, the podcast squad. I'm going to do a core concept segment and share a variation of TRG3, the Meta Martingale, that I've been testing since uh, August or September and that I'm really getting good results from. And I talked about it in theory in a, a moment of concepts segments several episodes back, but MC Rolling Checks emailed me about it recently and so I wanted to formally revisit it. I'm going to break it down for you in detail and talk about the benefits of this modification. After that, we will finish up in the virtual VIP lounge for some sips and a story about our perfect day of 
at Coco K, and some final thoughts on how I see cruises fitting into our future casino lifestyle. So that's the plan. We will get started with that in just a minute, but I have some huge squad news from the Casino Combat Galaxy. Way back in episode 22, I revealed that from episode 1, from the very beginning, a game was hidden in the podcast. Clues were provided that would allow listeners to determine the real-world name and location of my home casino, Casino 2, which is two and a half hours drive south south and east of our homes. Many of you have decided to play that game and became members of first the inner circle of Casino Combat and now the Casino Combat Excelsior Brigade. Those people who are often very involved in what's going on, who are often helping out with aspects of the podcast just because they feel like chipping in or because they are involved enough in doing the things I talk about that we talk about privately about their results, their outcomes, what they're seeing, their behaviors. Often these are people we meet up with in person when we are out and about. So I am thrilled today to tell you that we have not one, but two new members of the Excelsior Brigade. Our 18th Excelsior Brigade member is BB Cardshark. Do, do, to do. Um, jokes aside. Um, and our 19th member is Mango Man M squared. Welcome to both of you. My apologies again. You both submitted your application while I was out at sea and your acceptance emails were delayed as a result. I appreciate your patience and it was wonderful of you to apply and I have enjoyed getting to know a bit more about you and how you found and joined our squad and started listening to the podcast. I greatly appreciate all of that and 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 your patience in in waiting for me to get back to you. What else? I feel like there was something else. There was something else from the casino got that I wanted to talk about that I wanted to share. Some uh it was important. It wasn't going to fit any Oh, I got it. It was important and it wasn't going to fit anywhere else. And and I know exactly what it is. We found a really, real. I can never believe that I'm talking about slot play and talking about it in a positive way. Uh, old TRG, pre-COVID TRG would have told you that playing slots is absolutely ridiculous. Don't do it. Don't waste your time on it. Just play the free play and take the money. But here I am telling you about a great slot machine that we found. Okay. When we were on the cruise ship, I noticed a machine I hadn't seen before called Devil's Lock. And uh, you can make your own hero and crook decisions about the wisdom of playing a machine called Devil's Lock. Uh, it does have a cartoony little devil intricately involved in the play of the machine. But I noticed as I was playing blackjack, a couple different people seeming to have really good results from this machine. So I checked it out, took a look. Turns out that TRG slot strategy El Numero Dos, which is available on the website CasinoCombat.com in the Fred section in a free ebook called Casino Combat Slot Tactics. You can find that strategy there. But I found that this machine plays very, very well using that slot strategy. The wagers on the machine range from $0.66 to $6.66. And there is one square in the middle of the display, in the middle of the reels. There is one square, and that square is populated last after the other squares have been filled in, after the other reels have spun. And when you, when that reel comes up, if there is a devil cartoon character there, that devil cartoon character will throw a coin into one or two piggy banks displayed on the screen above the reels. And if those piggy banks get too full, they explode, 
and you get six free spins. So that's one bonus that you can trigger on this machine that triggers fairly often, and that leads to free spins, and the free spins can also populate the piggy banks, which lead to more free spins. In addition, there are locked coins and locked progressive bonuses that can come up on the screen. And if those come up on the screen and then a devil shows up in the center square, you get paid all the coins and all the progressive bonuses. In fact, sometimes he will turn over other tiles that have already landed on things that don't pay and reveal additional coins or additional bonuses. So this is a machine that pays a little here and there as you spin, but generally in our experience, if you happen to catch the bonus spins, you most al almost always have a profit for the machine and you're off the machine and done. And our profits admittedly ranged from just a few dollars to more than a day's pay as we played this machine on the boat. It became kind of our go-to machine on the boat. There were a total of, I think, four of them maybe scattered about. We were undefeated playing this machine on the boat multiple times a day. I forget the exact number, but between 15 and 20 times we played this machine and all 15 or 20 times playing the machine using TRG slot strategy, El Numero Dos, we left the machine with a profit. I will use my power to change names and dates to tell you that I have continued to play that machine and I continue to have an impressive winning streak with that machine. I have lost a time or two, but I have won way more sessions than I've lost and I have won way more money than I have lost and, of course, been given tier credits and imaginary tax-free money as a result of playing that machine that way. So... If you see a Devil's Lock machine and you don't have moral qualms about playing a machine called Devil's Lock, I strongly encourage you to seek them out, give them a spin. They have treated us very well and become a machine that we are looking for all of the time. All right, the Legends of Lehigh are still AWOL. Guardian and the Jet have not checked in. So that wraps up news about the Casino Combat Squad in the Casino Combat Galaxy. Let's get episode 125 started and have a travel segment. First of all, let me let me start this out right away by talking about my gambling results for this block of time, for this two weeks at the start of November 2023, because I, I do want to keep focus on results. Results are what make all of this work, at least for me. I am not a person in my real life, in my private life, that can afford to just gamble and lose, gamble and lose, gamble and lose, and then get on a cruise and gamble and lose and spend money and then rinse and repeat. That's not something that we can afford. Results have to occur and the results have to be positive or the whole thing starts to fall apart. Not every table, not every day. Honestly, as you've seen, not even every month. But winning needs to be an, a recurring part of the equation. And thankfully, it it is a recurring part of the equation. I spent a, roughly a week before the cruise gambling at my local casino and winning consistently. And we left for the cruise with about 10 days pay in profits to fund our trip and to fund our gambling on board the boat. And that's a good thing. Because while we had more winning days than losing days on the on the boat... My ability to translate craps lessons to craps success was understandably lacking. And I'm going to talk more about that. And also, all in all honesty, our last night on the boat, we went a bit overboard, 
playing blackjack and ended up taking a loss that perhaps in a non-vacation situation we would not have taken. So we finished the first two weeks of November 2023 up just a couple of days pay and full transparency, we obviously did not cover the expenses of the cruise with that gambling. That's a a project that's going to remain for the rest of the month and we'll see next episode how that all turns out. With results out of the way, let's move on to the story about the story to get to the cruise. And as always, my goal here is not to share this from a look-at-us point of view, in terms of us being my wife and I, but from the point of view of two years ago, I didn't know this was possible. And since I didn't know, I'm going to assume that many of you don't know And I want you to know, because this is possible for many of you as well, I'm learning that comp cruises can and should be part of our casino lifestyle, and that means potentially they should be part of your casino lifestyle as well. And I'm hoping to show all of you how your land-based play can provide you with this wonderful additional benefit. And let me backtrack just a little bit here. In fact, this is the pre-story before the story to get to the story about the cruise. And I apologize, but it is relevant. Very relevant in my case. Perhaps relevant in yours as well. I have been given many cruise certificates to many cruise ships by many casinos. They would have an event. I would show up. They would give me a cruise certificate. They would sometimes have associates from the cruise line there to help you plan it. You had a certain amount of time to call and a number and book your cruise if you didn't or couldn't book it right then and there. And I've never been interested in them because I would get these certificates and they would be for two or three cruises on two or three days with two or three specific schedules, and then there would be all these additions and all these extras. They were invariably cruises where you were given an interior cabin, which is a cabin with no windows, and you could pay to upgrade it, and then there were fees and taxes, and then there was this, and then there was that, and I always ended up feeling like the, quote, free cruise that I was being given, by the time I did it in a way I wanted, I couldn't then, and I'm kind of coming around on it, but I really yet can't now see myself doing a vacation in a metal square with no windows. Maybe I can. Maybe I will at some point. Maybe I'll go back on that when I've done a few more, but it always looked like it was going to cost me a lot to take this free cruise. So we have not taken them for that reason. In hindsight, perhaps a mistake, perhaps, but that all kind of became clearer to me back in episode 108 when I interviewed Michael Feldman of Premier Casino Hosting. You may recall, Michael, Michael was kind enough to join me in the virtual VIP lounge for an interview to discuss what he and his company do, as well as how casino comps are determined, both land-based and on a cruise ship. He is an expert in that regard and was very generous with his time. And as part of our conversation outside the podcast, outside the actual published interview, I said I'd never been on a cruise. I'd never liked the idea of a small room in a floating hotel where I didn't control the agenda and couldn't leave if I didn't like the casino. That was always my take on it. And Michael, as you may recall, is an independent casino host, and he has the ability to pull your scores from various brands, your average daily theoretical score, and apply that to various cruises that he has access to putting people on. So that's a little different than the certificate I had traditionally been given. That was interesting. 
So when I expressed that idea to him in our conversations, he responded with wisdom and experience. And he said, you already spend several hours a day in a casino. Why not do that several hours on what essentially is a floating luxury resort with great food, great shows, great bars, great pools, and things to see every day when the casino isn't open? Do those other things, enjoy the boat, and then do your normal casino time when the casino is open. And I said, well, okay, and I was less than convinced. And then he told me that he and his business partner, Don Wood, have been in the past Golden Touch Craps instructors and that they were thinking about putting together a cruise where they would teach several classes on the cruise on how they approach playing craps. And I commented at the time that that is a cruise that would motivate me to go and try a cruise. Now, we didn't manage to get on that first dice cruise. We, we hemmed and hawed a bit after an invitation, and the cruise filled up before we had a chance to, to confirm that we would like to go. And we went on another little practice cruise to try that out and had a great time through a different hosting company. And so when Premier Casino Hosting announced back in early July that they were going to do a second dice cruise in November, I was really strongly motivated to want to go on that cruise to see how they handled things, to to experience what they they provide, to work with them, and to, in fact, learn from them what they know about the game of crap. So I contacted Michael, and he confirmed some of my land-based average daily theoretical scores and was able to compass an ocean view balcony room for a seven-night cruise on Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas with stops in the Bahamas, Haiti, and Jamaica. Notice that because he was able to do that comp instead of the normal certificate I'd been given, I didn't have to pay for that upgrade, and I didn't have to address my fear of my accommodations being a locked metal box with no windows. A very wonderful and generous comp on their part. Premier Casino Hosting was a wonderful group to travel with. They had us all, all the people in their group, approved to enter with them early in the boarding process and through the VIP entrance, and then provided a welcoming cocktail party with appetizers like crab cakes and mini beef wellingtons and complimentary drinks. They introduced us to the casino staff, and we were given stickers for our onboard ID that comped all of our drinks while we were in the casino. They also informed us that while Royal Caribbean, Caribbean normally charges a fee to put money to gamble with on your room charge at the various gaming tables, that that fee was being waived for guests of Premier Casino Hosting. And at the cocktail party, we also got to meet some of the other 70 players Premier Casino Hosting had brought on board. It was great to meet other people who share our interest in playing to win and enjoying the comps and benefits that come from that. If you ever get a chance or an opportunity to travel with Michael or other members of his team, I highly recommend it. Let me talk for a minute about that waived fee benefit, that little extra perk that they got for their group to take money at the table in the form of chips to gamble with. While generally speaking, I would always advise you not to borrow money to gamble with because, of course, that room charge has got to be paid. It's not money you brought on the boat. I find a setup like this to be a notable exception to my normal approach to this. And let me explain why. I always pre-position winnings in various bank accounts before I leave on a gambling trip. Basically, I leave part of my bankroll behind 
but accessible because in the distant past we had an important part of our bankroll stolen while we were traveling. And I don't ever want to end up in a situation where my bankroll is gone and I can't play. You may recall me sharing a certain Vegas trip where a few too many Afghani car bombs created a meaningful loss, a memorable evening, but a meaningful loss, and I had to pull staged money out of various bank accounts and start over and recover, and that ended up being a profitable trip. So that illustrates why I do this. When I learned that in essence I could draw that money down on the boat by creating a room charge, I jumped on the opportunity and locked a large part of that money in the safe. So I took the max they'd allow me for the day, which closely matched the money that I had set aside to pull from ATMs during the trip if I need to. I gambled with just a little bit of that money and then turned the chips into cash and then locked most of the cash in the safe in the room. Let's follow the money and see why that had a lot of value. First of all, there was no transaction fees. ATMs always have a transaction fee in our experience. I'm comfortable with that, the trade-off of safety for convenience and that there's a fee involved. But in this case, I was able to w skip that fee by drawing the money directly from Royal Caribbean. And Royal Caribbean's casinos have a reward system just as land-based casinos do, and I'm still learning how all that works. But like land-based casinos, you get tier points for money spent and money wagered. I created a money spent transaction by taking cash in the form of chips at the table. When we got off the boat, that charge was applied to our MGM credit card and we got MGM tier points for that charge. And then I went to the bank and used the money that I had placed in the bank before I left to pay the MGM card and I deposited the cash. So the same amount of money was back in the bank from the cash we walked off the boat with. I basically used money one to create tier points, not only with Royal Caribbean, but also with MGM, and it was a net zero transaction. This is an excellent example of playing to win the game of casino gambling, not the game of blackjack slots or craps. I generated future benefits by virtue of how I structured a cash withdrawal of cash that I intended to withdraw if it was needed. In this case, withdrew it even though it really wasn't necessarily needed just to create this set of transactions intentionally. We loved the casinos. Casinos were great, absolutely fabulous. The blackjack rules was were as good or better than anything we're seeing on the strip in Las Vegas. Three to two, low table limits, Plenty of tables available, both a smoking and a non-smoking casino. So technically two smoke, two casinos on the boat for us to enjoy. Plenty of variety, plenty of size. Slot machines seem to be paying out at a, at a rate we would expect. As I told you, Devil's Lock was excellent. No complaints about the casinos at all. They were even hand shuffling the cards. Loved the opportunities that those casinos gave us. We also spent some time learning to throw with YouTube celebrity, YouTube expert, OG craps expert, Howard Rock and Roller. He was an amazing teacher. One of the things that stood out to us that I really liked is that he put a lot of individual attention. He wanted everyone to learn. He was very good about including my wife and another woman who was taking the class. He didn't treat them as just along for the ride. He treated them accurately as people who were trying to learn. It was an excellent experience. It was a true honor to learn from him and Michael's partner, Don. 
I did pick up from Howard a legitimate set of casino dice. I've been carrying them with me. I have been practicing my dice setting and my grip. It is a skill. It is muscles and muscle memory. There are parts of your body to strengthen if you are going to try to do what they teach. And let me lay this out a little bit. It is controversial in the craps community, and I'm aware of that. But the idea here is that much like you can count cards in blackjack and obtain in some situations an advantage, that if you can learn about your body and about your behavior, you may find that if you hold the dice in a specific way, with the dots on the dice set in a specific pattern, that you tend to throw with the same motion in the same way that you will get more of some numbers than you should and less of other numbers than you should. Which is to say, you will achieve slightly different results through technique as opposed to someone who just grabs the dice, shakes them in their fist, and throws them randomly down the table to do whatever. But if you can get the dice to land very softly and very lightly and very consistently in the same place on the table, that they will just kind of kiss the back wall and you will avoid numbers that you do not want to roll. And then you set up your wagers according to what you know about yourself. And people who claim to be very good at this put a lot of time and effort into practicing this skill, into developing this ability, into tracking and knowing what they and their bodies do when they do certain things. And these two gentlemen were very, very good at it. And I tried to sit under their learning tree as much as I could. And what I found is two people that are as expert, if not more expert, at craps than I am at blackjack. Just as I see a couple little rules on a blackjack table and know what advantages or disadvantages that creates for me, they understand the depths of the rules of craps in that way. They will tell you about this table in this place that has this kind of surface and this one kind of obscure rule, and that allows them to do this and this and this, and all I could do was just be a sponge. Soak it in, take notes, try to hold on to all of it, and then try to practice it. Now, there is no doubt in my mind that I cannot do at this point in my life what members of Michael's team clearly had a number of roles that would suggest that they can, in fact, do what they claim. That by using their practice and skills, they slightly change the results of just randomly rolled dice. That is my observation. I am under no illusions that I can do it currently. No illusions at all. I've watched what they can do. I've watched the consistency of the way their dice land. I've watched their numbers come up. I have seen the pictures that they have taken where they and other parts of our group literally took all the chips from one side of the rack and moved them over into the players' racks. So everything I observe suggests that they do in fact have this skill. And as I said, I'm very clear on the fact that I do not. But I've started to make a point of spending time at a crafts table during each local casino visit to practice and refine what I have learned from them. And I am certainly very interested in 
adding a craps table to my home, to my training tools to try to see how much better at this I can get. It's a very, very interesting aspect of casino gambling, something I never would have thought I would get involved in and something that I find absolutely fascinating. As I have said, I do not claim to know everything about gambling. I would just like to, and I am making it a point I've said several times to several people, there is no point in my mind of taking a golf lesson and then not playing golf for five months. There is no point at all in me taking this, this class, meeting these wonderful people, learning under their learning tree, and then not trying to practice what they've taught. Really appreciate the opportunity. Now, this next part could be a little awkward and I don't want it to be because I do think it's very important and I don't want to just gloss over it. I like to be fully transparent with all of you to every extent possible. Mistakes and miscommunications can tell you a lot about the quality of people that you are getting to know. Before we got on the boat, I'd never met Michael or Don in person and they had brought 70 people on the boat with them. It is certainly safe to say that, understandably, they couldn't have picked Mrs. TRG and I out of a crowd early in the cruise if they have to. And I missed an email while traveling down to the cruise. Michael missed a text trying to enjoy his cruise, a text from me, while because he was trying to enjoy his cruise and take care of 70-plus guests and teach classes. He had a lot on his plate. I missed something, he missed something. The mutual miscommunication mistake showed us just exactly what amazing quality people Michael and Don are to work with. It would have been enough for people as busy as they were to just not worry about a misunderstanding with two of 70 guests. A misunderstanding that was as much or more my fault than it was theirs. They could have done that. It would have been easy. I've worked with casino hosts in the past that that's what they would have done. They would have just written things off, but that's not what happened. Instead, they went out of their way to find us, to set things straight, to make things right. They, in fact, applied one of my casino wisdoms, without realizing it, of course, and they found a casino solution that more than made things right. An apology would have been fine. No other actions would have been needed, and they deserved and got an apology from me. They really did, because I... I missed communications that they had intended to provide, just didn't see them. We were running around like crazy. So I can't say enough that it showed me how comfortable I can be recommending them to other people because they showed that they were quality people and were not only going to do the right thing, they were going to do more than the right thing. And I really, really appreciate that. And that's why I want to be transparent about it because it's to their credit how they handled it. And they showed a great deal of grace in doing so. To move on from the casino part of this trip, as we got off the boat, one of the comparisons we found ourselves making is this. We go to Las Vegas, we go on an airplane that we pay for, generally speaking. We don't play at a level that gets us comped airfare. And when we get there, yes, we have some points to comp ourselves some meals, and sometimes we're comped some meals or we get a resort credit that we can use to buy food or drinks, but generally, we buy our own meals. We like to go to shows we're in Las Vegas. We pay for the shows. And again, every once in a while, some of that gets comped off on the back end. But generally, it's an expense that we expect to have. If we're drinking outside the casino or when we're not playing, if we're just stopping to have a nightcap or have a conversation with somebody, again, we're often paying for the drinks. That's part of the trip. That's part of the expenses. I don't begrudge those. We normally cover the expenses with our gambling. But on a cruise ship, almost all the food is comped. Yeah, you can ups 
you can pay for a finer fine dining experience. But generally speaking, the main dining hall on this boat was the equal of many of the best restaurants we've ever been in. The food was wonderful. The food was, variety was amazing. It was provided in abundance. That was not the issue. The service was impeccable. Nothing that we could complain about on the food, about the food at all. And that is not then meals that we're paying a lot of money to enjoy and happy to pay a lot of money to enjoy when we're in Las Vegas. The shows. We walked out of one of the shows on the boat and said, that was every bit as good as the Cirque du Soleil show we just saw. Different, different theme, different this, different that, but every bit as good, every bit as enjoyable, every bit as, uh, same level of quality. Comedians on the boat were hysterical. Broadway play on the boat was amazing. There was an ice skating show on the boat. There's just no way to complain about the variety of entertainment. And it was just a matter of booking it as a reservation in the ship's app with no cost or fees involved to have that recommendation. So in that sense, a comp to the boat is of more value than a comp in Las Vegas because the costs are significantly lower for things that we normally do. So if the gambling's the same, we're buying the airfare either way if the, if the boat is going out of Florida or Texas, then the overall experience is very, very similar and there's something new to see almost every day and there's a pool and there's a spa and the total cost is lower which means that the profit after expenses should, over time, be greater, not less. So we should profit more and enjoy the same and see new parts of the world on an ongoing basis. What I also saw was people that were on the boat with us get off the boat as part of our group and go to casinos in the destines we were going to or arriving at, if you will which means they've already built relationships in the reward systems in these other places with these casinos. So they are probably walking into those casinos and getting some benefits as well. I never would have thought that I could have casino routes that I went to as a result of getting on a boat with a casino. But I am seeing now that that is very easy to do to build relationships around the Caribbean with other casinos that I get to from a resort that floats around that has a casino. Mind-blowing, eye-opening, absolutely a wonderful revelation to have. You know I love a good disclaimer, and you know I like to be fully transparent, so let me be very clear about this. A comp cruise is not a free cruise. It's a wonderful comp, but it's not a free cruise. There are going to be, much like when you get on a Caesar, a com, you get on a Compt Caesars charter to Atlantic City, a Compt Caesars charter to the Gulf Coast. The charter can be comped, the room can be comped, but the taxes and fees, the airline fees, all of those things don't get comped. You've got a small charge for that, and it's usually very reasonable. In much the same way, each cruise has a set of taxes and fees that have to be paid for each person at each port the boat arrives at. So if you are comped a cruise, even if you're comped a suite on a cruise, there is going to be a fee for all the various taxes and port charges. And that's not included. 
I will also say that there are excursions at each port that you can buy through the cruise line. And we're newbies. We are rookies. We do not understand how this works. We are understandably still in that honeymoon phase of, it's amazing, we get to go on a cruise. This cruise is so great. In hindsight, we probably overspent on excursion. As things wrapped up, we talked to other members of the travel group who never left the boat. They enjoyed the fact that the boat was docked and a bunch of people got off and that left the ice skating rink and the pool and everything else to them to enjoy with a lot less people on board. They enjoyed the pool, they enjoyed the spa, they enjoyed the various amenities on the boat. They didn't get off the boat. Or, as I said, they didn't do an excursion. They just got off the boat, enjoyed some things on their own, went to the casino on the island where they'd been before, and enjoyed the island a little bit, but they were not being run around on a paid excursion here, there, and everywhere. The cruise we were on, you had to pay for Wi-Fi if you wanted to communicate back with the rest of the world. And that's a fee that uh, I've now found out eventually could get comped through the casino. You can reach a level where you have a, a tier status with Royal Caribbean that they comp you Wi-Fi. If you want cocktails on the boat and you're not part of a trip set up by someone like Michael, drinks have a cost even in the casino. Once again, you can reach a tier level with Royal Caribbean at which they comp your drinks in the casino. But if you want drinks with dinner, if you want mimosa with breakfast, if you want a nightcap, those drinks do cost money and they are charged to your room. Or you can buy a drink package. So depending on who you are and how many cocktails you think you're going to enjoy, that could be an extra expense. The point being, I've avoided cruises in the past because the comp I was offered was a comp I didn't want to accept. It was going to involve a lot of upcharges. The comp Michael was able to arrange was one I was thrilled to accept and did so knowing that there would still be some charges and fees. As we've learned more and more about cruises, I think we will probably do less excursions. I think we will probably do more getting off a boat and seeing what we can see on our own and getting back off the boat. And yes, we will see do some excursions, but we do not have to do a walking tour of everywhere we've gone. The point here being, comped cruises are not free cruises, but comped cruises do not need to be expensive cruises. There are choices that you can make and really enjoy the boat and really enjoy your cruise and not have the cost be too high. And at the same time, you can say to yourself, hey, the cruise was comped. The cruise would have cost a lot of money. I can put some of that money into doing some other things. Lots of choices to be made there. We completely enjoyed our cruise and our time with the group Premier Casino Hosting put on the boat. We are looking forward to traveling with them again. We are looking forward to working with them on other cruises going forward. It's been a wonderful experience. And I say that even with a misunderstanding because what was wonderful was the way the misunderstanding was handled. It was handled in a quality way by quality people. Next up, we are going to have an Oasis segment, conveniently named since we were on Oasis of the Seas. And Mrs. TRG is going to share her thoughts and ranking on the ship's pool complex. Welcome to the Oasis segment of our Casino Combat Podcast. On the Royal Caribbean Oasis of the Seas cruise ship, pool complex was pretty amazing. Very, very easy to access. Go in the elevator up to deck 16 and you are there. 
It is at the front of the boat. So as you walk out the elevator, you see a large kid area with lots of different splashing buckets. Kids were having so much fun there. Buckets were splashing water on top of them. It's very shallow for your little ones there. There are lots of sensory things to turn and push and have water squirt out at them. The kids that I observed were having a great time there. Right next to that little kid pool then is another shallow kind of waiting area there where many adults were kind of just sitting there. Kind of reminded you a little bit of the beach where you could just kind of sit on the beach there and have your toes in the water. I also noticed that they had a net there going across the pool also that looked like maybe they were doing some type of pickleball or something or volleyball that you could also play there in that shallow area. There is another rectangle pool that was a little bit deeper where you could actually do some swimming if that's what you were looking to do or just kind of taking a dip and a dive and floating around. There were lots and lots of hot tubs kind of scattered throughout the whole complex. Some of them were in sunny areas, some of them were under pergolas, some of them were under solariums, just lots of different little hot tubs that you could venture off into to relax. There were also three twisty water slides that you could go down and each of them kind of had their own little path to go around and two of them twisted around each other. And of course, being the adventurous person that I am, I told TRG, I said, let's go. We got to do this. We got to go down one of these water slides. So we ventured up the steps to the top and he took the yellow one and I took the red one and we said, go to see who would get down there faster. And of course, he did beat me. But what a fun thing to kind of relive from back when our kids were little and doing water slides with them. So that was really a neat feature that many of the families there enjoyed. Of course, we had to do it. There are lots and lots of different chairs to sit around, lounge chairs, varieties and styles of different kinds of chairs that were lined up all along the pool area, but also along the deck that you could just look out away from the pool and out to the beautiful ocean. Just absolutely breathtaking views as you're cruising along. At the very top end of the boat there, the front of the boat, is where they have their adult pool. And again, they do check IDs to come and come get into there. Uh, they do have their own private bar. My only complaint about this is that it was mostly under a, a solarium. So there wasn't a lot of sunshine coming down in there. And the pool that they had was very, very small. And actually, it had a maximum capacity of 30 people. And that might have even been pushing it. But we all fit in there. And it was just kind of a little round where people were just standing around, having great conversations, enjoying an adult beverage. And then they also had two separate hot tubs in there also. Lots and lots of seating. Again, lounge chairs, different kinds of chairs with ottomans that you could certainly relax and enjoy the cruise. Outside the solarium though, at the very front of the boat then, was another large deck there just for adults that had lots and lots of lounge chairs once again that you could just enjoy the nice Caribbean water and enjoy the warm sunshine. And again, just the views and everything was just absolutely breathtaking. Definitely food for your soul if that's what you needed on this trip. And they also even had a few tables that had some games on them. Like I saw some people playing dominoes and Jenga. And it was just, it was really a nice complex 
overall for the cruise ship. So I gave it as ambience and features a five out of five. How can you not with those views and just all the atmosphere and everything? It was it was really neat. Easy access, five out of five. Food and beverage, I gave a four out of five. Even though they had the private bar there in the adult area, they did have another bar in the main pool area, the coconut and the lime. I didn't see a lot of waitresses around, so you mostly had to go to that bar to get your drink. And they did have a few snacks there that you could also order and take back to your chair. And then the overall vibe, I gave a five out of five. Lots of people having fun. There are a lot of different things to enjoy in the water between the kid area and the water slides and all of the different types of hot tubs. And again, the views were just spectacular. So overall score for the Oasis of the Seas pool complex is a 19 out of 20. Agree or disagree? Doesn't matter. I'm just the wife of a rambling gambler. And I am told once again that next TRG will do a core concepts regiment. So don't go away. The core concepts of Casino Combat, concepts spelled with a K, of course, are the foundational pillars that I believe successful casino gambling are built on. I have them posted on the website in a blog post for you. I have discussed them extensively in multiple episodes of the podcast in detail. I have a playlist on the YouTube channel called Boot Camp, camp spelled with a K, in which I lay all of this out. I am not going to run through all the core concepts today. You should be able, in my never-so-humble opinion, to sit down and explain the core concepts to someone else if they were to ask. You should be able to sit down and write them down, type them out. You should understand them in that type of integrated way. I think that is essential to becoming good at the game of casino gambling. Now, in the past, I have shared with you something based on the core concepts that I call TRG3, TRG Wagering Strategy 3, the Meta Martingale. And in general, it's applying the core concept of responding to a loss or series of losses with an increase in your wager size in the form of an increase in your unit size and buy-in and structuring your bankroll accordingly. Now, this is specifically discussed in several different episodes, but uh, perhaps most importantly, I discussed it in episode 64. 62, 63, 64, which introduced TRG Wagering System 2, Always Be Grindin', concludes with episode 64 and a discussion of the application of the Meta Martingale. You see, the Meta Martingale is not a wagering template of its own. It's something that's layered on top of TRG1, the one and only, TRG2, always be grinding, or TRG4, the refinement, TRG4, win more, keep more. So it adds on to the other wagering systems. Those wagering systems handle a at-the-table-how-you-bet approach, and then TRG3, the Meta Martingale, layers on that and moves you to different tables and moves you up in unit size to respond to previous tables with negative exits occurring. So that's the type of system it is. If uh, 
I've been criticized a little. Eh, criticized is too strong a word. It's been observed in a couple of emails that often I talk about $10 unit size because it makes the math easier, and that's true, but that a lot of people don't find $10 games to play, and that's also true. Those are readily available to some of you and almost impossible for others of you to find. So let's look at this from a $25 unit size, which outside the Las Vegas Strip, you can usually find fairly easily a table with a $25 minimum limit. So in a pure TRG3, as I've talked about it in the past, you would structure your bankroll according to a 10-unit buy-in at a $25 table. And if you took a negative exit, then a Go to a, take a break, go to another table, take a $50 unit size, that's a $500 buy-in, that's a $750 bankroll total. And if you take a negative exit there, you have a break and another table and a $1,000 buy-in and a $100 unit size. Your total bankroll for a casino visit is therefore $250, $500, $1,000. $1,750, and your bankroll would need to be three times that minimum to approach playing in this way. Because while it doesn't happen very often that you take back-to-back tier three Meta Martingale losses, it does happen from time to time. It's happened to me, it has happened to other members of our squad, and they've played through and they've recovered. It's not unrecoverable but it does happen. So your total bankroll honestly has to be in the neighborhood of $6,000 if you're doing this on a $25 table. And it's a very rigid approach to this. Play the $25 table. If you take a negative exit, you play the $50 table. If you, if you take an exit there that's negative, you, you take a break, play the $100 table. And at all these tables, if we get in the range of a 10-unit win, even on the th- third tier, we are going to have all our money back, and in true Meta Martingale fashion, we will have won roughly 8 to 10 of the $25 units, roughly between $200 and $300 if you play through the whole Meta Martingale in three tiers this way. You would want to set your day's pay number between $200 and $300, and you're going to pretty consistently do that. But for the past several months, uh, going all the way back to... August sometime, early December, late August, early December, I've been applying these ideas in a different way, and I've been testing it. And I talked about this experiment in a general way several episodes ago in a a Moment of Concepts segment, but an email conversation since then with MC Rolling Checks and another new squad member that I'm getting to know who's applying the arsenal in a really interesting way, it became clear that I needed to more specifically lay out this new technique and its benefits to you, put some labels on things. And so I wanted to do that today. And I wanted to take a break today from cruise, 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 and really talk about something technical and something applicable to anywhere you might be playing. Applicable even to don't pass on, uh, pass and don't pass at craps. Applicable to Baccarat bets. And I'm not going to give this a number I'm not going to do that. I don't think we need to do that. I've said many times, wagering system are like Lego. You can take them out of the box. You can put them together a lot of different ways. This is me just assembling the Lego a little bit differently. This is just me applying TRG3, the Meta Martingale, in a slightly different way. But I'll be honest, in my own mind, I call this the mini Meta Martingale. Yep, the mini Meta Martingale. Call it TRG 3.1 if you want. 
or maybe 2.9 since it's slightly smaller than a true meta martingale. So if you want to put a number on it, there you go, 3.1. And the way this is built is it's built on a couple of assumptions. And the assumption is that, well, what's one of the basic ideas I've talked about a lot recently? Winning one unit is easy. Winning infinite units is impossible. So instead of trying to win 12 units at $25, which is to say, instead of going in and trying to win a little more than double the $250 I bought in with, you think, okay, well, hey, what if instead I just skip the first level? I just chop that out entirely. And I start with a Five two. I start the second tier of a twenty-five dollar Meta Martingale. So I start with five hundred dollars, and I play at a fifty-dollar unit size. And now I've always said, right, the right exit point starts at between eight and twelve units. One. Well, now an eight-unit win gets me more than a twelve-unit win gets me at a twenty-five-dollar unit size. Therefore, it's an easier win to get. And then. I layer into my buy-in the first six bets, or the first five bets, technically, of level three play. Because let's be honest, if you are playing at the third tier, you've taken two negative exits, you have $1,000, if you lose six units of that 10, and you're going to walk away at minus eight with a negative, you've got to use two units to win back everything. You got to use two units, and with that two units, get back to a 10-unit win stack, or 10-unit play stack, and then build an 8 to 12 level win stack along with it. A lot of things, it can go right. It can happen. I've done it many, many times, and many of you have done it many times. It is certainly doable. But the probability that you are going to sit there with just two more wagers available to you and come all the way back plus 8, and do another plus 8 to 12 on top of that, is less likely to occur. Can occur, does occur, less probable that it will occur. So I chop those last few bets off. So I sit down at the table, and I have tier 2, 10 units in front of me, and behind that, I have another 5 units, and I play at, at tier three. So essentially, if we're using a $25 unit size, you would have $500 as a play stack and $500 as a backup stack. And if as you play, you get to the point where your first play stack, your tier two play stack is down to minus eight, then we take that $100, that one unit of tier three play, we add it to the other five units we held in reserve, and we start tier three immediately, right at the same table, right at the same time, and now we are doing TRG four, win more, keep more, with a play stack of six units, and that is our negative exit point for this part of the mini meta martingale. We play at that $100 unit size, we have six units to play. We play TRG4. As we rebuild, as we build our win stack now, as soon as that win stack exceeds, meets or exceeds $400, pretty easy to win four units, right? Pretty easy to win four units. As soon as that happens, we pull the 500 tier three stack back. We rebuild a tier two 
play stack. Any extra money remains in the win stack. And we once again go on that quest, if you will, to achieve an eight unit win. And if we have an eight unit win or larger, then we start our three chip positive exit at tier one at a $25 unit size. So in its simplest form, at whatever point we reach an eight unit tier two win, that's $400. Then we pull three green chips, $75, and we start our exit. Bet one unit. If we win, we have one more unit on the, the, the new tier one play stack. Win the next unit, put it on the go home stack, which is the old win stack. Keep doing that as long as you can keep playing. If you lose the first bet, you make the second. And if you make that second bet, which is two tier one units, then you have, in fact, added one unit. And we just keep doing that. Now we're playing at the lower level. But here's the amazing thing that happens, right? Pit bosses almost never see you drop down and start that exit. So they don't lower your average wager. Your average wager remains, if you were doing this at a $25 unit size, your average wager is going to remain between $50 and $200. They're going to put you somewhere in that range. In fact, depending on how exactly it goes, they may have you rated above $200 a hand if that's what they see just a little bit and they exaggerate things for you, which they often do. So here's what we have done. We have chopped out the hard part at the beginning of trying to win 12 units with 10 units. We have chopped out point where it becomes unlikely that we're going to succeed. We've chopped that out. We've changed the whole exposure from 1750 and it never is all of it. You know, it's 15, 1600 bucks, but we've changed the total exposure from 15 or $1,600 that requires five days of recovery, right? I mean, if your goal is to win 12 units at a $25 unit size, and if that's your starting unit size for a three-tier Meta Martingale, and you take negative exits all the way along, and it equals $1,500, well, then you've got to have five days of success to, to make that money back. Completely doable. Done it a bunch of times. Completely works. Really like it. Had great success with it. But by just slightly modifying this, by skipping the first tier completely until it's time to do our exit, and by skipping the most risky, the, the, the part of the process that's least likely to succeed, by taking those out, we take out $500 of losses, and now we make recovering from that loss more like a three-day process than a five-day process. So we've taken out the hard part at the beginning. We've taken apart the unlikely part at the end. We've made getting to the win we want to get to easier because we've reduced the threshold. The number's similar, but we've moved that exit point down from 12 units to 8 units. We've made it more easy to achieve, and we've created the perception with the casino that we're a bigger player playing higher dollar amounts more consistently and more often, which gives us more tier credits and more free tax-free imaginary money. It does all of those things. It adds all of those values. And it allows us to fluidly move back and forth between tier two, tier three, and eventually drop down to tier one, all with what is essentially one buy-in, one larger appearing 
buy-in. And that means in a busy, crowded, or very small casino, we have removed that part where we leave the table and then have to find another seat at another table. It does require more discipline. It does require more focus. There's a lot of value and a lot of benefit to taking the negative exit, getting up, walking away, checking your emotions, looking at the fountain, finding a different table, and starting over. That is solid advice to someone just starting out. But to someone a little more experienced that can handle that the negative exit occurred, I'm going to start the next process, the essentially positive exit has occurred, so I'm going to drop back down a tier, you can reduce your risk, reduce your total exposure, you can actually reduce your total bankroll size. Because if the right answer for a fully implemented three-tier Meta Martingale is $6,000, then the right number here is three or $4,000. So all of those things are reduced. I have found for me in my play that it has created efficiency and value and has worked well for me once again, as always, small sample size. I've been doing it since August or September. I've been really happy with results. The bottom line, as I said, is the mini Meta Martingale makes reaching the positive exit point easier, creates smaller losses when a negative exit occurs, and it increases our perceived value and the value of our play to the casino, which increases our average daily theoretical, which gets us more comps and gifts. Let's adjourn to the virtual VIP lounge for a final story from the cruise and some final thoughts on cruising and how cruises fit into our future plans. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the most must-listen-to segment in casino lifestyle podcasting, the Virtual VIP Lounge. And our lounge is open! We have the best virtual everything virtually all the time. The best virtual food and drink served in any Virtual VIP Lounge anywhere on the interwebs. That is guaranteed or your money back. Feel free to grab a virtual artisanal soda or handcrafted pop. Feel free to pour yourself any type of virtual liquor that you would like in in all honesty, if you can at all in any way, shape, or form, press pause, pour yourself your favorite beverage, make yourself a snack. That is one of the best things about VIP lounges in casinos all across the country is that ability to step back, take a break, meet friends old and new, have a cocktail, share your gambling stories and experiences. And a lot of this is uh, the long version of something that I absolutely could see myself doing with Joe and Lady Die back in the day in my local casino. Getting back from a cruise that they knew I was going to take and talking to them about some of our experiences on the cruise, some of what we liked, some of what we experienced and enjoyed, and just having a drink. So I have a little vodka soda here today. Going to enjoy that a little bit as we talk. Kind of getting to the point where the rest of my day is going to wrap up. Not, not a bad time to have an end-of-day cocktail. And I want to say once again, because it is very important to me that you hear this this way. These same types of experiences are available to many of you as well. Many of you may already know about this and go, wow, you just figured it out, you idiot. How could you not know this? Well, I didn't know. And that means that also some of you in the thousands of people that are going to listen to this, some of you don't know this as well. Or maybe you're just reaching a level of play after some time spent doing casino combat. Maybe your play is reaching a point of regularity and a point of value where this is available to you. So as people who've never cruised extensively before, 
as people have never done this before. We're looking at all the things available to us at the various stops on the boat, and one of the stops is at Royal Caribbean's private island, which is called Coco Cay. And they have built all kinds of beaches and pools. I mean, nature built the beaches. They've just equipped them uh, with chairs and uh, food stands and beverage stations and all of that kind of stuff. And water parks and swimming pools and all this stuff. And not really knowing anything about this, we looked at it and said, well, we're going to probably want to have some drinks during a whole day on this island. And we're going to have to want to have lunch on this. It's a K, not an island. I'm showing my ignorance of the Caribbean. But we're going to have lunch on this day off the boat. And, oh, here's this package, this excursion called the Beach Club on the Perfect K. And it includes drinks, and it includes a pool, and it includes a lunch, and it includes all this stuff. We're going to do that stuff anyway. Let's go ahead and buy that. I think in hindsight, we might have had a, a, a wonderful brunch on the boat, maybe just grabbed a snack somewhere and not paid for drinks and beach and lunch. I think we might do that a little differently next time. As first timers, it was a wonderful way to experience this regular part of Royal Caribbean trips, but we might do it differently next time. We are just learning how to do all of this, but I got to tell you, it really was money well spent in every sense of the word. It really was. It was a wonderful casino lifestyle day on the beach. Beautiful beach, beautiful water. The lounge chairs were plentiful and they had little flags on them that you put up and the wait staff would come over and take your drink order and bring your drinks. And when we came into the beach club, we made our reservations for lunch. Had no clue what to expect. As I said, we're newbies. We just knew we were going to want to have lunch sometime during the day, and this seemed like a good way to do it. Well, what we were getting was a fine dining experience in every, every, every sense of the word. Admittedly, on the beach in a uh, pergola, huge pergola. That's what you would call a thing with part of a roof, right? Um, a wonderful beach environment. To, to show you how overdone it was, we're looking at the menu and we're going, oh, well, that appetizer looks good. Well, that appetizer looks good. And our waiter comes over and takes our drink order. Oh, I just thought of something else I got to tell you about. I got to tell you. I hadn't planned. I'd forgotten about it. I hadn't planned. I'll tell you about it in a minute. But the waiter comes over and takes our drink order and says, if you were trying to decide on the appetizers, we're just going to bring you all of those unless you object bento box style. And, and you can just try all of it. You don't have to pick between the shrimp cocktail or the hummus or the... That it was, it all sounded wonderful on the menu, and it all was wonderful. They brought us each a small portion of every single appetizer, and we're looking at the menu. And the fried lobster sandwich sounds pretty good, but it seems like, and there are some other vegan choices, plenty of things. But it seemed like if we'd already bought this and lunch was part of it, that you were either going to get the filet mignon or you were going to get the lobster, unless you live a life where you have so much steak and so much lobster that you're picking something else. I can't imagine doing that. But once again, as our waiter brings over our appetizers, he says, if you're looking over the menu, I wanted to let you know that we do have an item that's not included on the menu. We are offering a surf and turf today that is both the steak and the lobster. Okay, well, kind of eliminated that choice. So we, of course, both got the surf and turf. And when he brings over the surf and turf, he says, I brought you two more lobsters. <laughs> 
uh, more food than I normally eat in a couple, three days. It has been brought to us at this point. And he says, and as you're thinking about it, I'll check back with you later and I'll see if you need another drink. But if you're thinking about it, I highly recommend the caramel brownie for dessert. And so knowing that, when he came back and took our extra drink order and asked if we wanted two more lobsters, we said, you know, we think we're going to take your advice. It's been so, so on point for everything else. We think we are going to take your advice and we are going to go ahead and, and have a caramel fudge brownie. And he says, just one. And we said, yeah, just, just the one. And then my wife looked at me and I said, well, or you could get a different dessert and we could try two desserts. And she thought about it for a minute and she goes, well, I guess I will go ahead and have dessert. I'll have my own, I'll have my own brownie. Okay, cool. So of course the waiter comes back and he goes, I know you talked about having, trying a different dessert. And I do think that was a good idea. So I also brought you our signature rum cake. <laughs> so he brought us three desserts. Uh, I, sus I It probably goes without saying, but if it doesn't go without saying, we got back to the boat a little bit later and took a nap after a swim in the infinity pool. But what a day. What a great value. Admittedly, we could have skipped that and we may skip it the next time we're at But tremendous day on the beach, beautiful water, an amazing club with great cocktail service, a large, beautiful infinity pool that looked out on the ocean, a truly, truly tremendous lunch. Certainly something everybody should, uh, if you're there and you have the means, try it once, and then you can decide from there. I touched on it a little bit earlier, but having evaluated the casino itself and, and found the blackjack rules to be as good as anything MGM offers from on the strip and better than anything Caesars offers anywhere and slot play that was just fine and no complaint. And in this case, wonderful people to play craps with. Comp cruises include many things that we pay for when we travel to Las Vegas. And we have learned that we can depart out of New Jersey, not out of Florida, which means we can do a combined AC visit and cruise. And this lowers the cost of the cruise because we can drive, not fly. We can still manage that drive of six or seven hours over to New Jersey. And then we can have the reduced cost of the comp stay in Atlantic City. So imagine this, and we haven't scheduled it yet, but imagine this. We drive over to Atlantic City. We have two comp tonight at Borgata. We maybe get a chance to meet up some of our listeners and squad mates that live in the area. Get Maybe spend some time with ACE and ECE or Nakatomi Tony or Equine Ensign or other members of the squad. And those nights are comped, and then we drive a little bit and park our car and get on a cruise and enjoy the cruise and come back and go spend a couple comp nights at one of the Caesars properties or at resorts or at Ocean where we have comp offers coming in. And then we make the drive back home. What a wonderful way to live a fully comped casino lifestyle. It seems like something we would like to do. Comped cruising seems like a great addition to our lifestyle and appears to be superior to visiting the Las Vegas Strip for many blackjack players like ourselves. And what we are seeing since we returned home is that Royal Caribbean is behaving just as we would expect a land-based casino to behave. We have more comped cruise offers than we can possibly take. We could take as just constantly be taking comped cruises. Now we are going to dial back our travel at this point until after mid-January when two new grandchildren will join our family, but otherwise we would certainly be doing some type of New Year's cruise, either over New Year's Eve or just after New Year's Eve to go get some sun. Mrs. TRG remarked that her tan is wearing off. 
We have plenty of those offers. We have already worked with Michael and Premier Casino Hosting to plan a cruise in early March and to join them again for Dice Cruise 3 in late April. Both cruises include free slot play and an onboard folio credit for extra charges. And as good, those are as good or better than any of the land-based offers that we get. Michael was completely correct. If your ADT supports it, and honestly, many of these cruises have very low ADT requirements compared to land-based offers. If your ADT supports it, I'd suggest making a priority of trying a comped cruise. If you get on one and enjoy it, odds are you will get offers for more comped cruises than you have time to take. Just another casino lifestyle benefit that the Casino Combat Arsenal creates for squad members. What was that story? Oh, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, let me let me throw this in real quick, and then we'll wrap up. And, of course, we will have the best part of the podcast, the Casino Combat theme song here in just a second. But apparently, all of Royal Caribbean's boats have a bar called the Schooner Lounge. I hope I got that right from memory. And our second day on the cruise, I tried one of their signature cocktails, which was a toasted marshmallow old-fashioned. Now, this cocktail is a a generous pour of Buffalo Trace bourbon, and then they add to that marshmallow syrup and chocolate bitters, and they garnish it with toasted mini marshmallow, and they swirl those around in the cocktail just a little bit, and it is served over a roughly uh, inch, inch and a half square block of ice so that it doesn't melt quickly. Just enough sweet to offset most of the bourbon. Absolutely delicious. Absolutely wonderful. A cocktail that I wouldn't try to recreate, but I can't wait to get back on one of their boats and try again. Buffalo Trace is a wonderful bourbon, a bourbon I don't see in my part of the country very often, or if I do, it's very expensively priced. And this was a wonderful opportunity to enjoy that top shelf bottle as a result of our time on the boat. I did find myself returning most evenings for a nightcap after we finished up our gambling in the casino. Wonderful cocktail if you get on board a Royal Caribbean ship and get a chance to try one. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host. Remember your casino wisdoms. Don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. In 10 years, we may find out I was wrong about all of this. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone, and thank you so much for the gift of your time. Thank you so much for listening.
Just a call. 